If you're coming for the first time today, we're in the middle of a series called uh, Foundations. We wanted to um, just communicate to everyone uh, some very uh, important uh, things in the church, some, some big rocks, so to speak. This is the foundation that our church, and we believe every church, should be built on. We have a mission. Our mission is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment. That's a lot of words. Just remember this, glorify God. You were placed on this earth to glorify God. You could do that by making disciples of Jesus Christ. We have a vision. Our vision is to see real people. That means everybody's got to be honest with themselves about who they are. And everybody's got to be honest about how much God loves them. Real people encounter an amazing God and experience lasting change. We want to see you get real. We want to see you change forever. That's what we want to see. And we want to see everybody in Rochester do that. Not just a few people. We want to see everybody understand how much an amazing God can change the reality of my life if I'll just get real. And then last week, we started on like a three-week journey. So we're in the middle of that three-week journey. You can come back next week and see us finish it up. We want to be about a quality of disciple, not a quantity of disciples. Even though there's a lot of people here today, there could be more, and that's great. We love everybody. But we don't want to just be an inch deep and a mile wide. We want to be a mile deep and a mile wide, okay? We want to be really, really, really deep. And so we believe that a quality disciple, we've been saying a rock-solid disciple of Jesus Christ, worships Christ, walks with Christ, and works for Christ. Everybody say worship. Everybody say walk. Everybody say work. That's the word I know you don't want to say. Nobody wants to work. Work's a good thing. God said that we were going to work. Adam had work in the Garden of Eden, right? He named all the animals. Didn't feel like work, I'm sure. Except for at the end, he was like, hey, I'm kind of tired of this. Where's my lady? Remember that? All right. Just making sure. So work, even though it's hard, is fulfilling. And we're going to talk about that next week. You're invited back to Kellogg Middle School. We won't be here. But you can come to Kellogg at 9 or 11. If you come at 10, you're just going to be really late for the first service or really early for the second. Whichever one you want to pick. All right? Foundations. Today I'm going to focus on walk. Your walk with Christ. I'm not going to recap what we've learned last week. I know you guys memorized the verse. But I'm going to get right after what we're going to learn this week. And so let me get after it. Walk. A quality disciple, if you want to write it down, walks with Christ by practicing spiritual disciplines and engaging in an uncommon community. A quality, a rock-solid disciple of Christ walks with Christ By practicing spiritual disciplines. Remember all the big rocks we studied this summer? Yeah, those are spiritual disciplines. Reading the Bible, praying, getting alone with God, so many others. Fasting. And engaging in an uncommon community. So, uncommon community. We don't want it to be common, we want it to be uncommon. Today we're going to do something very uncommon. I don't think it's ever been done before in this park. We'll see. And I just got to tell you, 
An uncommon community, we would name it like small group or life group, right? Just for anybody that's like, what does that mean? We want you to get together with a couple other families. We want you to meet in a house, just like we meet in a church. We want you to get real with each other. We want you to study God's word. We want you to tell each other how it's really going. That's uncommon. Be honest, transparent. And we want you to love each other anyway, because God does. That's an uncommon community, and that's what we're all about. A quality disciple walks with Christ by practicing spiritual disciplines and engaging in an uncommon community. And whoever has that memorized next week is going to get something special. You got, you got that? All right, perfect. Back to that next week. Here's the memory verse. Write it down, Colossians 2.6. So I have this very captive audience right here, and then I have like a bunch of green, and then I have a bunch of adults. I don't, these students are putting you to shame, ladies and gentlemen. All right? I know you didn't want to sit on the hill. That's cool. I get it. I get it. I love it. I feel like home. Like it's at Kellogg, right? Where there's like nobody sitting in the first five rows. I must spit a lot. What do you think, Stella? Do I spit a lot? That's it. All right. Colossians 2, 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. It's really easy. Everybody say, Therefore. As you received Christ Jesus, our Lord, right? Is he? I mean, just think about that before you say it. So walk in him. Okay. How did you receive Jesus Christ? If you've received him, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. How did you receive Jesus Christ? Did you receive him by going to church? Maybe you met him at church, that's fine. Did you receive him like on a mountaintop, like I'm the best person ever? God should be so happy to be with me? Or were you kind of like, mm, I got a few things I could work on called sin, and Jesus still loves me, and so I'm going to receive that forgiveness, receive that grace, receive that gift that he's given me. Isn't that how we came to Christ? Broken? I was broken the day I came to Christ. The day I received him. I knew my thing wasn't working out. And I needed something different. Isn't that the way you came to Christ? Can I get an amen or what? Okay, only a few of you guys came to Christ that way. The rest of you can still come to Christ. <laughs> that was funny. But not really. The same way you came to Christ, the same way you received Christ, is the same way you should walk in Him. And I think as church people, sometimes we forget that. We think, well, I'm doing pretty well now. Look at me and Jesus. We're buddies. And it's so good with us. And the self-righteousness creeps in. And I'm just here to say, like today, I pray that everybody that's hearing my voice would just kind of like let that slip away. And then we could just be honest with where we're at in our walk, wherever it is. Maybe we're off the path. Maybe we need to get back on. Maybe we've only made it a little ways down the path and we're kind of ashamed. It's taken us so, year, so many years to go a couple steps. I don't know where you're at. Honestly, I care. But I only care that you take your next step, wherever you're at. 
And that is a walk with Jesus. Right? Just one step at a time. Just the next step. And maybe you'll take that next step today. So, let me say this. A walk with Christ is used throughout the New Testament as a picture of the Christian life. So, if you have walk written down in your paper, you should. I've talked about it quite a bit. Maybe you could put an equal sign and put live. Right? The way you walk is the way you live. That's synonymous. Walk, live. So, the Bible says... In Romans 6, 4, walk or live in newness of life. It says in Romans 13, 14, walk properly. It says in Romans 8, 4, walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. It says walk in a manner worthy of the Lord three different times in Scripture. We'll get to one of those in a second. As you have received Christ, so walk in Him. That's the memory verse, Colossians 2, 6. We studied Ephesians last year, so go ahead and open your Bible to Ephesians. We'll just wrap up the year of seeking Him this way. Turn in your Bible to Ephesians. And just look at chapter 2. Since we studied last year Ephesians, we'll just go quickly through. Chapter 2 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. There's the word. Following the course of the, this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all, I have that circled in my Bible, we all once lived or walked in the passions of our own flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind. And were by nature, it came naturally to me, I'm sure it came naturally to you, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's my story. That's the way I used to walk. That's the way I used to live. The next two words are life-changing. But God, right? But God, being rich in mercy and love, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Skip down to verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. We're talking about walk. Paul who was living this out and therefore was in jail, says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy, there's where it says that, of the calling to which you have been called. What calling have you been called to? Flip over to chapter 5. This is all things we covered last year. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators. It's like Simon says, right? When you were a little kid, do you ever play Simon Says? Like somebody says, put your hand on your ear. And you're like, I'm out. Simon Says, put your hand on your ear, right? Like that, that game. All right, perfect. That's imitating. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, because children play that game. Adults do not. And walk in love. Well, that's how we're supposed to walk. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Look down at verse 8. 
For at one time, you were darkness. Yeah, I did. I did. I walked in darkness. I lived in darkness. But now, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And then verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, how you live. Not as wise, but as, what does it say? Oh, good. Just want to make sure some people are following along. Not as unwise, right? I used to walk unwise, but now as wise. Because this book is a book of wisdom. It's the truth. We walk in the light. We walk in love. We walk in a wise way worthy of the calling to which we've been called in Jesus Christ. So, I thought I would uh, display for you some things that walking is not, just to be clear, okay? So, I'm going to need this chair, Kara. All right, so, you have this chair right here. I'm going to need a few volunteers. How about we go with uh, four? All right, you, I'll take you, I'll take you. And who wants to be, like, it's all front row stuff. I need an adult. I'll take you. All right, perfect. All right, so, come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up. So, here's, here's how it's going to go. You get to sit, because walking doesn't look like that. All right, you already have sunglasses on, but we'll try this. You get to be blindfolded because hate blinds us from our walk with Christ, unforgiveness. That's good. All right, Jared, come help him so he doesn't hurt himself. All right, perfect. And uh, you get to hop on one leg because that's not walking, all right? And you get to walk, because you're an adult. Yes, I love you. All right, so here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go all the way around this one body and end up back here. And we're gonna display walking, go right ahead. Don't help him too much, just make sure he doesn't hurt himself. All right? Yeah, just sit right there, because that's not what walking looks like. All right. So the thing is, there's a verse for what's happening over here with Caleb. It's in 1 John chapter 2, verse 11. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Right? That's what's happening right there, and it's not a great walk. Then you have Luke here, who's sitting here. I know you can handle this. Like a doofus, might I add. Because this clearly isn't walking, but many people in church just come and sit, and they don't walk. And so I don't mean that in any way but a loving rebuke, right? And next week, come back. I hope I didn't offend you with that. Come back because we're going to give you an opportunity to walk. All right? So you don't have to sit. 
And then you have the people that try to do it alone, right? So when you talk about walking, you have the first foot that you put down, the personal foot, the spiritual disciplines foot. You got to do that by yourself, right? And then you have the other foot, the corporate foot, the uncommon community foot, the doing life together with people. And you got to put that down. And that is what a walk looks like. First, you meet with God. Then you meet with people. Hey, good job. You win. That's what a walk looks like. Thank you very much. That is not what a walk looks like. Are you tired yet? Awesome job. But that's not walking. All right. You want to sit down? Oh, you are sitting down. You want to sit in your seat? Or would you like to be in the rest of the message? All right, that's what walking looks like. Quick, sit down. That's what walking doesn't look like. Perfect. Caleb, you can be done wherever you are in your blindness and the darkness of hatred. So the thing is, some people try to hop on one leg, whether it's the right foot, the personal thing. I'll just do this by myself. I'll just do this by myself. And then other people... Don't ever read the Bible. Don't ever think, do anything personally. And then they just go to church. And they're like, we'll just do this together. And they just hop on one foot or the other. And then there's the occasional people that say, I'll just come every once in a while to church and take a big leap. Right? And I'll get as far as I can get and then I'll stand there for a while. And then I'll do it again. That is not a walk. A walk with Christ is a consistent progress over time. It's just a little bit at a time. It's a constant growing, a constant walking with Christ. Thanks, Caleb. You didn't hurt yourself, did you? You all right? Perfect. Thank you. We need to walk, right? We need to walk with Christ in our spiritual disciplines, personal foot, and engaging in an uncommon community, corporate foot, being in church, growing from the word, going to small group or life groups and and growing in the word, holding each other accountable, being honest with each other. That's what walking looks like. So I've kind of looked pack. I've painted you a picture of what it is and what it isn't. And I kind of want to just get real clear right now. So from the scripture, flip over to John chapter, well, let's just go with this. Third John. Third John. Nobody ever preaches from this. So how about we just go there? Third John. Okay. It's towards the back of the Bible. Revelation, Jude, third John. If you start in the back and work your way forward, you'll get there really quick. Walking with Christ requires action. It requires movement. It requires progress, change. Walking is about progress on this journey in life. And our focus should be on the next step. So let me read this phrase for you. I wrote it down. If you're ever going to be the person God intended you to be, your focus must be on the next step. Just that step and nothing else. When you strain to see the future or fear you won't have enough energy for tomorrow, the enemy 
will have succeeded in intimidating you and you'll have missed the opportunity to live for Christ in that moment. What an opportunity we have today to live for Christ in this moment. Let's not let that pass by. So in 3 John verse 2, John, the elder writing to a particular person, Gaius, says this. So he says it to a person first. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health. Pray that for every one of you. As it goes well with your soul. So not just physical, but spiritual too. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. As indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So if you're discipling somebody right now, if you hear that they're walking in the truth, if you hear that they're living in Christ, you're like really happy about it. And that's what's happening with John as he's thinking about his disciple, Gaius. And then flip over to John chapter, or Second John Second John, just one page, flip it right. Look at verse 4. This is written to the elect lady and her children, that is the church and the members of the church. I rejoice greatly to find, verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in truth. Just some of them? Why not all of them? Just think about it. Yeah, he's saying just some of them walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, church, I ask you, church, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. So what is the commandment exactly? What was the commandment? Somebody give it to me, one word. You're like, it wasn't in there, was it? Okay. It did say it. It said it twice. That we love one another, and this is love that we walk according to his commandments. So if you just... I'll, I'll go there for you so you don't have to read it, but the commandment he's referring to is in John chapter 13. Right after uh, Jesus washes the disciples' feet, which is astounding, that the teacher or the rabbi would watch the, deceits, the, the feet of his disciples, his learners, but he did to show them example. You should do this to one another, he says. And then he says this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. And also, you are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now think about it. If we love one another well today, everybody that sees us is going to be like, hmm, all right, they follow Jesus. All right, the last passage I'm going to share with you is First John Right there at the beginning. So I went through. He says it to the church. Walk. Walk in love. He says it to uh, Gaius, his disciple. Walk. Walk in the truth. Right? And then he says it 
to us. He says it in chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. Look at it. This is the message that we have heard from him, from Christ, and proclaim to you. So hey, guess what? I heard something from Christ, Luke. I heard something from Jesus. You're like, whoa, you're weird. I'm like, no, no, no. I read it right in his word, man. I read it right there. I heard it right from him. And I want to proclaim it to you. And I want you to hear it, and I want you to proclaim it to somebody else. Here it is. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. No hatred. If we say that we have fellowship with him, we walk in the darkness. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship, that's partnership, with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How many sins? Are you sure there's not a sin that you can't say to somebody today that he won't cleanse? Are you sure? What did it say? Come on now, look at the word. It said all. So no matter what it is, the blood of Jesus, the Son of God, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, I'm going to test that here in a second, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and the Word, His Word, is not in us. So I want to test that principle right now. And I want us to walk in the light, not in the darkness. I want us to walk in love, not in hatred. Right? I want us to do that together now as one body. Maybe you're going to be with somebody that you know Maybe you're not going to be with anybody you know at all. Maybe you want to be with somebody you know. Maybe you're like, I don't want to tell them. I want to tell somebody else. But what I'm going to ask you to do, right before we take communion, together, right? And just, just be clear about communion. Communion is a participation in a fellowship together. It's for those who have, by faith, embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Right? So if you haven't done that yet, now's a good day. Pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins. His body was broken for you. His blood was spilled for you. That's why we're taking the elements to remind us of what Jesus has done for us. If Jesus hasn't done that for you, or if you haven't acknowledged that he did it for you yet, just refrain from taking the elements, okay? That's all I'm asking. But we're not exclusive. <laughs> we're inclusive. So please, get on your knees or, or just cry out to God and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and then take communion, remembering what he's done for you. Now, I want us to take communion together as one body. And here's how I want to do it. I want you to get with three, four people in a group. I don't want it to take too long. So the, the, the four of us right here, okay? We'll just get in a group, okay? And, and I want you just to be like, hey... I'm a sinner. This is what I'm struggling with right now. I know Jesus already paid for it. I know I can have victory over this sin. I know I'm free in Christ. We sang about it all morning, right? But I just wanted to say to you, to confess my sin, that I'm a sinner, even now. 
even after salvation. I'm still a sinner, right? And you confess your sin. And then you go take communion. Because he says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. What we're doing, honestly, spiritually, is we're washing each other's feet. I don't have any water here. Not down by the river, I guess. I didn't bring basins. I didn't bring towels. But this is what we're doing. We're going to wash each other's feet. Okay? And when Luke says, hey, this is what's going on in my life, and I need forgiveness, the three of us are going to put our hand on Luke, and we're going to say, you know what? You are forgiven. Because Jesus Christ already paid for that. And we're just going to pray right? Forgiveness over you, and we're going to pray victory in your life so you never have to come back to that again. All right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to do it together as one body, and we're going to see victory over sin and death in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Right here, right now. 